If you're on Medicare, obviously you're getting older every year. <laughs> the key is really making sure that your plan aligns with your needs. And I think it's important to kind of every fall do kind of an audit of your health and see where you're at and examine your plan and see if that plan still aligns with those needs. Welcome to Now or Never, long-term care strategy with Costa Yepifonsif, a podcast for all those seeking answers and solutions in the long-term care space. This podcast is designed to create resources, start conversations, and bring awareness to the industry that will inevitably impact all Americans. Here's your host, Costa Yepifonsif. Hey, y'all, it's Costa. Today, I'm here with my guest, Christian Orstel, Senior Medicare and Health Insurance Educator with HelpAdvisor.com. As a licensed health insurance agent and industry advocate, Christian has helped thousands of Americans better understand their health insurance and Medicare coverage. Featured everywhere from Forbes, MarketWatch, WebMD, and Yahoo Finance, Christian primary goal is to provide accessible information on healthcare coverage, limiting out-of-pocket Medicare spending, and how to access quality medical care. Christian, to start the episode, will you explain to us what the Medicare annual enrollment period is and why it's so important for beneficiaries to be aware of it? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you about this today. AEP, Medicare Annual Enrollment Period, for most people, it's the only time of year that you can make changes to your private Medicare coverage. So we're talking Medicare Advantage and Medicare Part D. Um, okay. When you first become eligible for Medicare, you will be able to enroll in private Medicare. You'll have a seven month, it's called an initial enrollment period or IEP. If you don't sign up, then you will have to wait to until the annual enrollment period in the fall. Or okay. if you are in a plan that you're maybe not fully satisfied with and you want to explore other options, other plans, AEP is your chance to switch from one plan to a different one. And the reason it's important is because, again, for most people, this is their only opportunity during the year to do this. So mm -hmm. once you're committed to a plan, you're probably not going to be able to switch to a new one until the following AEP, the following year. So you might be stuck with a plan that you don't really love for a year. It's also Let important if... You know, you might run into a coverage gap. A lot of Medicare Advantage plans will include things like routine dental coverage. Well, if you don't get into a plan that has routine dental coverage, then you need to figure out what you're going to do about your dental coverage for the next year. Are you going to pay for it out of exactly. pocket or are you going to buy a, a standalone dental plan? You'll need to kind of patch things up there. Um, sure. So it's it's really just, you know, making sure that you're setting yourself up for success for the next year until the next AEP. Let me let me dig a little deeper. Give me some background about the difference between IEP and AEP. And you touched on it a little bit, but I just want to just to put it in layman's terms. What's the difference between the initial and the annual? Yep. Initial, you turn 65. 
and okay. you begin a seven month enrollment period. You have seven months okay. to enroll in coverage, you know, Medicare Advantage, Medicare Part D, original Medicare, and then annual enrollment period. It happens every year, October 15th to December 7th. So just a little less than two months. And those, do- those okay. dates don't change. So no matter what day of the week, you know, it might start on a Saturday, it might start on a Wednesday, um, October 15th, it starts, December 7th, it ends. So uh, you only get ever, ever get one initial enrollment period, but you'll get an annual enrollment period every year. So you might get 25 annual enrollment periods, but you only get that one initial what what happens if you turn 65 and you just don't enroll into into Medicare? What happens if you miss the deadline for the initial enrollment period? But I also want to know what happens if you miss the deadline for the annual enrollment period, that October to December period? Yeah, so most parts of Medicare do have late enrollment penalties. So if you okay. do not sign up, when you're eligible and that initial enrollment period closes at some point down the road, when you do get it together and sign up, you will probably (laughs) pay higher premiums. There are some exceptions, but most people are going to be subjected to those late enrollment periods or penalties. And the penalties are not necessarily just a a one-time thing. It's actually an increase in your premium. It might be, you know, okay. 3% 3% added to your premium for every 12-month period that you didn't enroll or something like that. So you're going to be paying for that late enrollment every month when you make that premium payment. That's really mm-hmm. the biggest risk. Um, the other risk, obviously, is just going without health insurance or going without adequate health insurance during that time until you can get signed. And so with regards to the annual enrollment period, the consequences of missing that deadline is obviously if you already have Medicare, um, like traditional Medicare or even Medicare Advantage for that matter, you just won't be able to make any changes to your plan if that's necessary, right? Correct. Yeah. There are certain, there's what's called a special enrollment period and not to try to get too far into the weeds here, but there are people that might qualify for a special enrollment period throughout the year based on certain circumstances that happen. But okay. you're right. For most people, it's annual enrollment period or bust. And you're, you're, that's your you know seven-week period, eight-week period that you get to do every fall. And if you don't do it then, you're having to wait until the next one. <laughs> so that's why we really stress the importance of you got to take action now because it's, it's now right. or never or it's now until next year, I should say. Yeah, it's now or never. It's a good point. <laughs> so um, I do want to say I want one more follow up question, and then we're going to talk about Medicare specifics, about how it's changing, mm-hmm. and obviously, you know, kind of what's new and coming down the pike. Um, why is there a penalty? What is what is it about not taking Medicare that um, the federal government or or whatever entity centers for Medicare and Medicaid said they want everybody to enroll in Medicare. I was curious if you knew why there's an actual penalty for not taking Medicare after 65. I think it probably boils down to keeping costs lower for everyone across the board, because if there okay. wasn't an, 
a late enrollment penalty. If you turn 65 and you say, hey, I'm healthy, I'm, I'm still pretty spry, I could probably put it off for a couple of years. Well, then you're not paying into the system. Right. And then you get into that situation where, you know, only the sick people are enrolled in Medicare and the costs are higher. So I think it's uh, kind of maybe a similar strategy to, you know, the ACA and you know, right. having mandates, yeah. having penalties for that. Um, it's just an Absolutely. effort to get everyone contributing to keep costs lower across the board. Absolutely. All right. So let's get into it. How is Medicare changing and what's new for 2024? Yeah. So... <sighs> Every year, there are some changes to Medicare. Some years, those changes are bigger than others. Okay. Over the last few years, due largely because of COVID, there were a lot of changes. You know, they introduced uh, some more telehealth coverage and things like that. I expect 2024 to be relatively quiet when it comes to changes or things that are new. As AEP inches closer, we may learn about some of the more uh, new or changed Medicare Advantage benefits. A lot of times it's right up until AEP when we actually find out about these, some of these changes once they're finalized and formally announced. Um, but one thing you can expect, premiums and deductibles for both traditional or original Medicare and private Medicare typically change every year. Um, there has not been a formal announcement yet, but it should be coming probably any day now, usually by the end of September, um, about the Medicare Part B premiums. Okay. Um, the projections are showing it to go up about $10 a month. And those projections are usually pretty ballpark accurate. Um, so we can expect that. It actually went down last year, which is why the models are showing probably tick up this year. Yeah. Um, part will, D. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, will there be any? I know um, a few years back they added a uh, kind of like a homemaker, non-medical type of component to some Medicare Advantage plans. Has there been any? Um, news or appetite, I guess, for traditional Medicare to take on that same kind of benefit? I think there is an appetite. Um, it's not something that we're going to see in 2024, <laughs> okay. but it wouldn't shock me if that was kind of the next thing coming. You know, sometimes things often get introduced to private Medicare first, Medicare Advantage, and then they might get adopted by original Medicare. One example of that is um, acupuncture. A few years ago, acupuncture became approved for Medicare Advantage plans, with, you know, under okay. certain circumstances uh, for lower back pain, stuff like that. Sure. Um, and it was offered exclusively in Medicare Advantage for a couple of years. And then original Medicare said, hey, this is good. We want to adopt this. So now you can actually get it with uh, Medicare Part B, um, mm -hmm. the, you know, the aging in place or homemaker, you know, uh, those kinds of services that you speak of, a lot of them are available today in Medicare Advantage plans and have been mm -hmm. for a few years. Um, it wouldn't shock me if that one day was adopted by original Medicare, but yeah. no news on that 
as of today. <laughs> Are um, you excited about the negotiations for drug pricing? I know it's not going to happen. You know, it's not going to go into effect for a number of years. But yeah. um, how is that going to change Part D? Yeah. And in fact, that's kind of a good jumping off point because a lot of the changes for 2024 are actually happening in Part D. So uh, for one, the models are showing that the average monthly premium will probably tick down just slightly. There's also, the long story short, Part D benefits are going to actually improve in 2024. So some of the little nice. co-insurance payments that you have to make for drugs are going to disappear during certain coverage phases. Um, the out-of-pocket spending limit for brand name drugs looks like it's going to be lowered. Uh, there's a coverage gap that looks like it's going to be eliminated. And it also looks like it's going to be easier for people to qualify for cost assistance. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think the... Uh, the ability to negotiate drug prices is a real game changer because that puts, you know, that kind of shifts the, the balance of power from, you know, the drug manufacturers to, you know, the sure. consumers a little bit. I mean, it would be great if they could get a actual drug that works for Alzheimer's. <laughs> that would, you want to talk yeah. about, and I'm sure Medicare would be ha more than happy to, uh, to not negotiate for that pricing because that is something that is obviously affecting a lot of us. So, so that's interesting you say that because the big reason why the Part B premium is projected to go up a little bit in 2024 mm -hmm. is that Part B is now going to offer coverage of an Alzheimer's drug that has performed very well in clinical trials. Wow. That's do crazy. not have the name of it in front of me. Is it's it, something is I it, cannot uh, pronounce. <laughs> I think it's, is it Adahelm? I, I is think that, that is it. I think yeah, that's yeah. it. I've it, heard, I've been hearing it over yeah. and over again. And so I'm, um, I'm excited to see that. It's performed well. They're, they're obviously optimistic enough about it to go Good. ahead and, and begin cover, covering it. Um, and as you know, you know, these Alzheimer's drugs are so expensive that if original Medicare is going to cover it, they're going to have to raise the premiums because it's, we're right. not at that place yet where those types of drugs are just easily affordable. So, yeah. Um, and one thing I wanted to ask you as a segue, you know, there is... Medicare Advantage plans are becoming more and more po popular. Mm -hmm. So like private Medicare plans, essentially. Yeah. Um, and I think it's something along the lines of like 30% uh, or 40% of Medicare enrollees select Medicare Advantage. It's actually um, about 50% now. It's 50%. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. So like, obviously, there's a shift to where instead of it being the red, white, and blue card, um, traditional Medicare, it's, you know, uh, Cigna or, or or Aetna or, you know, um, WellCare, whatever it might be, Wellspring. Um, yep. But I want to ask specifically about the beneficiaries. What steps should Medicare beneficiaries take to assess whether their current plan still meets their needs? Yeah, there's a few things. I think the first one is have your health care needs changed? Because mm -hmm. in 2023, your health care needs were, you know, X, right? But in 2024, they might be different. I mean, we're, you know, if you're on Medicare, obviously you're getting older every year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Your healthcare yes. needs might change. You might develop different, you know, conditions. 
And the key is really making sure that your plan aligns with your needs. And I think it's important to kind of every fall do kind of an audit of your health and see where you're at and examine your plan and see if that plan still aligns with those needs. I think another thing is, is your doctor still part of your plan network? Because doctors can leave a plan network every year. So Mm -hmm. your favorite doctor that you've been seeing for 20 years, you have a great relationship with them, great rapport. They've accepted your plan for all these years. And all of a sudden next year, they're no longer accepting your insurance. They've left, Does, you know, Aetna or whatever. Yeah. But like, does that happen with traditional Medicare or is that only like a, a dynamic that's specific to the private Medicare sector? It's certainly more specific to the private sector. Right. Um, something you know, like 95% plus of all healthcare providers accept original Medicare. However, the percentage of them that are accepting new Medicare patients is a little bit lower, probably close to like 85%. Interesting. So your doctor might accept Medicare, but they may not accept new Medicare patients at this time. Mm-hmm. So I see. it does play into that a little bit. But I mean, we could have a conversation about that just yeah, on sure. its own. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Christian, what do you think is the most common mistake people make when it comes to Medicare? Yeah, I mean, we talked about waiting too long to sign up, missing that initial enrollment period Mm -hmm. or missing, you know, the annual enrollment period, facing late enrollment penalties, facing coverage gaps, stuff like that. Um, We talked about, you know, signing up for a plan that includes your favorite doctor. Um, You know, I, I see people that sign up for, uh, part D plans that don't cover their drugs that they need, um, or people that signing up for plans that may not cover their specific healthcare needs. You know, if you wear glasses, you probably want a health insurance plan that gives you, you know, annual exams and, and, and and allowance for, you know, insurance essentially. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, make sure that it, that it lines up. Um, I think just not, not taking the time to shop around and compare plans. You know, most people have, it, it's not uncommon for people to have their choice of like 20 different Medicare Advantage plans that are sold in their area. I mean, you have a, most people have a lot of options at their disposal. Take the time to sit down and compare them. Invest 30 minutes of your day to set yourself up for the next year of having good, affordable coverage. And then the last thing I would say is people that try to navigate the process alone Mm -hmm. rather than working with an agent, because an agent can just gather up all the plans that are available in your area, help you comb through them, help you compare them. If you're trying to go about it alone, you're trying to pull in all of those individual pieces yourself and visit all of the different carrier websites. And it gets, gets pretty convoluted. Where do they find their local Medicare specialized agent? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, MedicareAdvantage.com okay. is one of the largest sellers of Medicare Advantage and, and Medicare Part D coverage. Um, I believe it's available in, in all 50 states. There's something like 1,500 agents 
they specialize in Medicare. You know, so yeah, a yeah. lot of other agents, they're selling regular health insurance or they're selling life insurance, but MedicareAdvantage.com, they only sell private Medicare insurance. It's what they do all day, every day. Yeah. Um, and, and I've heard, I've heard so many stories of people and I'm so glad that we're talking about this, um, of say, for example, you know, you're watching TV and a commercial pops by and it's called yeah. this number, you know, and it looks like a red, white and blue Medicare card and they call the number and the person on the phone essentially, you know, has, gets them to switch to their Medicare Advantage plan with whatever insurance company they get paid a premium or a fee and the insurance that they get does not meet the needs and expectations of the individual. And they have to wait until the next, you know, enrollment period to switch back to, to what have you. Um, and so I think I'm, I'm very uh, glad that we are putting together a process uh, and, and a pipeline for people to actually reach out uh, to the, to the correct individuals who have their, their best interests in mind. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the process of switching from one plan to another plan. Is it a complicated process? It's really not. And especially if you work with an agent. So if you get on the phone with a licensed insurance agent, especially one that just specializes in Medicare, they can actually disenroll you from your old plan, mm -hmm. get you enrolled in your new plan. During the same phone call, you do not have to have any contact with your previous carrier. They will handle all of that behind the scenes. Um, so no, it is not complicated. Really, the most complicated process is just the shopping and comparing part and choosing from your many options. And once you zero in on the plan that's best for you, it's actually really simple. Um, it's it's pretty quick and painless, to be honest. So no, not complicated at all. In your opinion, aside from the ones that we've already mentioned, what are the most important factor beneficiaries should consider when choosing a new Medicare plan? Yeah, I think the whole HMO versus PPO plan is pretty yeah. important. Um, I think, you know, Medicare is not radically different from, you know, employer-based coverage or you know, most people that are transitioning to Medicare, they've probably been on health insurance for 30 or 40 years. And a lot of those roots are still there like HMO or PPO. So do you want an HMO plan that's a little bit more of a, a, a team-oriented approach where, you know, your team of doctors are referring you within the network? Or do you like the PPO approach where you have maybe a little bit more personal freedom over your, your healthcare choices and you can go outside of the network? I think that's important for people. And, and by the time they get to Medicare, they've probably figured out if they're an HMO person or a PPO person. Um, I also think, you know, I ask people, how do you like to spend? Do you want to pay higher monthly premiums up front in exchange for lower deductibles and lower co-payments when you use the insurance? Or do you want to pay lower premiums up front and then reach a little bit deeper into your pocket when you use the insurance for higher deductibles and, and higher you know, co-payments or co-insurance? There's no really right or wrong universal answer there. Everybody likes to spend their money differently. Um, and I think you just has to, have to ask yourself, you know, how do I want to spend my money? Um, I think that's that's a really important thing that I think gets 
overlooked a little bit too much by people. We always like to end the show with a call to action. For anyone who wants help with this process, what's your advice on finding a knowledgeable and licensed insurance agent who specializes in Medicare? Yeah, so I mentioned it previously, but MedicareAdvantage.com is the one that I, I always recommend to people first. Um, like I said, they're one of the largest sellers. They specialize in it. You know, over a thousand agents. They're all U.S.-based agents. Um, they even have bilingual agents for those that need it. And it really is the best way. They're all licensed, you know, highly trained, experienced. But, you know, they can disenroll you from your previous plan and enroll you in a new one. They can also just sit there and answer your questions. And, you know, there's a lot of things that you may not understand about Medicare. They'll sit there and help you. You know, they'll talk you through, you know, how this works, what these benefits mean, you know, you know, comb through all of those, you know, terms and conditions and fine print. Um, so they're kind of part advisor, part agent. Uh, they can help sell you a plan and get you enrolled, but they can also just help you understand it better and kind of advise you on, you know, this plan versus that plan, et cetera. So that's MedicareAdvantage.com is the always kind of the place that I point people to. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Now or Never, Long-Term Care Strategy with Costa Yepafonsif. If you enjoyed listening and you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Leave us a review, or better yet, share this episode with a friend. Today's episode was written and produced by Morgan Franklin, production assistance by Mike Franklin. Want to find out more about Costa? Visit us at costayepafonsif.com. 